0: You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. So I kneel humbly and all before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Then, by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the thankfulness of God. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Now we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises from every church in every generation through Jesus Christ. And all that will yet be manifest through time and eternity. Amen. So we just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come and that you would breathe on this prayer that Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus, that it would have fresh meaning for us, the church at Mount Comfort, and the church throughout the earth. We pray that you would come and give us ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts to receive. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. When will you be empowered? Last week we looked at Jesus' parting instructions to the disciples as he was getting ready to ascend uh, from the earth to heaven. And uh, the Acts 1.8 verse, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Such an incredible, wonderful verse. And we looked at the Spirit, and we invited the Holy Spirit to fall fresh upon us. And this morning, as I was looking at this prayer in Ephesians, I was, I was caught with the word then. And it, and it comes in verse 17. And, and again, uh, and it, it, it's there in verse 18 and 17. And it points to the time of verses 14 and 15 and 16. So I want to look at that. When someone kneels and prays to the Father for you, then you will be empowered. Hmm. Who has prayed for you? Boy, we probably have godly parents, grandparents who prayed for us. But some of us are first generation Christians and you may have not had anybody in the family pray for you. But if you're in our church, you probably had Linda Robertson pray for you and Patty Coleman pray for you if you've been here for any length of time. There are people who pray for us. And here it's interesting that as Paul is talking about his prayer for the church at Ephesus, he does so with a keen interest of how he comes before the father, the perfect father. He says, so I humbly kneel in awe before the father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. Jesus came and he revealed to us that God is father. And as Paul is writing in this prayer, he's he's saying he's not just father of us, his creation here on earth, But he is the father of all the creation, both in heaven and on earth. And the thing that kind of really rocked me was the concept of praying for other people, but doing so from a posture of kneeling in awe of the Father. When we come before the Lord praying for other people to be filled and empowered, And we do that because we are in awe of the Father. It has a powerful, powerful effect. And this, as he's on his knees in awe before the Father, this is what he prays. I pray that God would unveil within you. There needs to be something that already resides in you that the veil be lifted so that you can see what it means to be created in the image of God. And as the veil is lifted, this is what he says you will discover. First, the unlimited riches of his glory and favor. You get a revelation of his glory and his favor when that veil gets lifted off of you because someone's interceding for you in awe before the Father. And that veil is removed and you see the unlimited riches of his glory. You'll never have to worry. Anxiety will be dismissed because you will understand how infinitely the riches of God actually are and his favor. I always talk about his glory. His glory is his presence. Wherever God's presence is, there you will see the manifestation of his splendor, of his majesty, of his power, of his might. You will see him because he is present in his glory. And then favor. Man, I love, I love the favor of the Lord. There's a big difference when I'm aware that I'm walking in favor and when I'm not aware when I'm walking in favor. I get anxious when I'm not aware of the favor of the Lord upon my life. But when I'm aware that his favor rests upon me, there's almost an invincibility. And For those Super Mario players, you just hit the power pill and you're just rush, crashing through walls and everything. Because there's a sense of invincibility when you know that the favor of the Lord rests upon you. His glory, his presence is with you. There's nothing, there's nothing that you would be intimidated by. And he says that the unlimited riches and his glory and favor rest upon you until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. No, I just heard, I just heard Marcus. Dynamite. Dynamite. Yeah, explosive power. This is what his glory and his favor is supposed to do. It's supposed to to reside in us and strengthen us. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And as we delight ourselves in his presence and in his glory, receiving his favor, we find that supernatural strength floods from our innermost being. (laughs) And so now he's given us kind of a general, a general understanding of of what this prayer by someone who is kneeling in the awe of the Father. What is that prayer? It's for favor, it's for glory, it's for the riches that are unlimited to be released so that we'll have strength and divine power will explode in us. That's what he's praying. And then the, the, the focus of the prayer shifts a little bit to what, what's our part? Our part is constantly using our faith. Oh boy, there he goes. Gonna put it all on us. Well, if you had more faith, you'd have power. No, that's, that's not what Paul's saying here at all. What he's saying here is constantly using your faith. It doesn't say how much faith. It's not about the amount It's about what you do with the measure of faith that has been given to you. Are you using it? If you begin to use it constantly, it develops. It's like working out. It's exercising your faith. So many times the enemy gets us crossways because we think we don't have enough faith to pray for that. When in reality, all we have to do is receive the faith that we have and pray in the measure of the faith that we have and continue to exercise that faith, and be astounded at how it develops, because it will develop quickly and wonderfully. So we got to use it. The question is, what are you doing with your faith? You've got some faith. What are you going to do with it? Start watering it. (laughs) Start exercising it. Start releasing it. It's kind of like the parable that Jesus was trying to communicate with his disciples and the multitudes when he talked about the the ten talents, the five talents, the one talent, the, the minas, and all this kind of stuff. All of us have something. It's how are we going to invest it? How are we going to use it? And we know that he is a loving God and he doesn't get upset if we only have one or if we only have three or we only have five. It doesn't matter. What he's concerned about is what are we doing in exercising the faith that we already have? He says this is what's going to happen. As you constantly exercise your faith, you're going to have the experiences that all God's children experience. These are the experiences. The life of Christ will be released deep inside of you. I love that. Holy Spirit, release the life of Christ deep inside of us this morning and we become the very resting place of his love, we will become the very source and root of life. As he he releases the, the life of Christ deep inside of us, then we find that place becomes the resting place of his love. And out of the resting place of his love, that's the very source of our life and that's the very root of our life. That becomes the place where our divine energy is released. It's always released from the place of love. It's not from the, necessarily from the place of gifting or anointing. It's from the place of love. And out of that, we release the very life of Christ. And it becomes what roots us. It's the st- stabilizing factor. It's the roots of Christ's life that's going down inside of us that prepares us for every storm, every discouraging moment, every crisis, every pandemic that we ever experience. It's the roots of his resting love that prepares us, stabilizes us and keeps us on target. Well, that's the general. Then he gets real specific. So what does that place, what does that resting place of love inside your heart look like? And so now he goes from general to specific. He says, and then you will be empowered to discover. Oh, I pray the light bulb goes on as the veil gets lifted, as we're able to see what is already residing in us and what happens when we begin to exercise whatever measure of faith that we have to see (laughs) what happens. Here are the experiences of the believers. The great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. Wow, the magnitude of the love of Jesus. The magnitude of the love of the Father. The magnitude of the love of the Spirit. And he lists them, five of them here. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. I love that. It continues to go deeper and deeper and deeper. And when we exercise the measure of faith that we have, the light continues to grow and reveal even in a greater measure how great the love of the Father is, how great the love of the Son and the Spirit. Secondly, how enduring and inclusive it is. I love this, it continues to persevere. I'm amazed at the patience of his love. So many times in our earthly relationships, we exasperate those who love us to the point that it feels like they no longer love us. But I got news for you, God never gets exasperated. You can try to wear him out, you you can't do it. His love for you is eternal, it endures and it's inclusive. One of the things that bothers me about the love of God is it loves everybody. You know, it, it, God should be really ticked off at the people that don't do me right. No, it's so inclusive that it includes your enemies. And Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount in the chapter five of Matthew says, you've heard it said to love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say, love your enemies. What is Jesus talking about? He's speaking of the Father's love. The Father's love is so great. It is so inclusive. It includes your enemies (laughs) forever, forever. Thirdly, he tells us that this is incredible, the magnitude and astonishing love of Christ. It's an endless love beyond measurement. I don't know about you, but most, most of us in the church, we try to measure everything. We try to measure everything in the vineyard. We've got measuring scales on how you come to Christ and measuring scales on church growth and measuring scales about so many different things from the smallest thing to the largest thing, from the temporal (laughs) to the eternal. You, You think about trying to measure time in milliseconds to measuring time in light years, how far light travels in a year. That'll just blow your mind. His love is endless, and you take all the ways in which we try to measure anything, his love is absolutely unmeasurable. You'll never, never be able to record how much is the love of God. Fourthly, he says that it transcends our understanding. Mm. Transcends our understanding. What's the deepest longing of your heart? To be loved, to be understood. His love will blow your mind when the veil is lifted and you begin to exercise the measure of faith that you have. You'll get a revelation that his love is so vast that it transcends anything that we humanly can conceptualize. We we try to get a, a grasp on it and a lot of analogies A lot of metaphors are really useful in helping us go from point A to point B. But wherever you are in your understanding of the love of God, there's always much, much more that you're completely unaware of. His love extends beyond our, it transcends our understanding. And lastly, the extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. I love it. His love is poured into you. This infinite love is just poured and keeps on pouring and pouring and pouring. One of the ways I've tried to to express this in the past was when I took a little container, a bowl, and I took a can of whipped cream that ran out way too soon, but extravagantly just pouring the whipped cream into this bowl and it was overflowing And it's like, wow, his love continues to overflow. So much so that the critical eye will look at it and say, he's being wasteful with his love. He should be more aware of how wonderful and precious the treasure of his love is and not waste it on those who will appreciate it. But the problem is, His love is so great. And his reservoir of love is infinite that he's not worried about the things that we're worried about. He's not worried about whether they deserve it or don't deserve it. He just lavishes his love. (laughs) I love him for that. He is so amazing. So he kind of ends with an appeal of love and power. Love and power. And I just, when I hear love and power connected together like that, I always have to say more, more love, more power. Let the love increase and the power increase. And it seems to be a reality within us, even though we have access to infinite amount of love, we only tend to appropriate what we think we'll use. And as a result, our power is very restricted and limited He says in verse 20, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. Never doubt it. This is a command. Don't doubt his power. Don't don't doubt his ability to accomplish all of this in you. But yet the enemy's always attacking us and pointing to us, our flaws, our limitations, a sense of our deservedness that will cause us to restrict and to uh, cause our ability to appropriate his love, to only be a little instead of the infinite that he has for us. He will achieve infinitely more than. (laughs) It's a holy eruption of his love. And that is dynamite. Infinitely more than one, your greatest request. Ask whatever you wish. If you were my parents, you'd be careful about asking me to ask for whatever I wish. Because I would really ask some stuff. You know, I can always ask for the big ticket item. But here, God's mighty power says... He can infinitely do more than what we could ever request. Our greatest requests. Secondly, more than your most unbelievable dream. Hmm, what are you dreaming today? What was in your heart a dream that you had maybe as a child, an adolescent, early adulthood, a dream that the Lord gave you but you just thought it was your own dream? Do you still have dreams? Are you dreaming? Some of us are old enough that we fit in the category of dreaming dreams now, and the young men can have visions, but us old guys, we're dreaming dreams. But here, dream is not just what happens in your sleep, this is what's in your heart. What is it that the Lord has placed in your heart? What is it that He's called you to? I pray today that you would be restored in all the dreams that the Lord has planted into your heart. Many of you may have multiple dreams in your heart. And because one didn't happen, you think the rest of them won't happen. Now, Lord, I say release the fullness of your love that will ignite and restore the dreams of your children. Because it's your love in our innermost being. It's your love in our heart where dreams are created. Thirdly, he says that it will exceed your wildest imagination. Boy, how imaginative can you get? You know of my experience several months ago where it's like I looked into the eyes of Jesus and his eyes did something inside my my imagination. He sanctified my imagination. Uh, instead of using my wildest imagination for things of the flesh, my imagination went into the pure things of the spirit. He will exceed your wildest imagination, a sanctified imagination. And I want to take just a moment to say, some of you live in fantasy. And the enemy has gotten a lot of mileage out of the fantasies that we've lived in. I want to encourage you to look at your fantasies, even the ones that have uh, behaviors that you do not desire to have. Look at what is the imagination, the fantasy behind that. I think you'll find that if you can get before the Lord and open up to what it is that's going on inside of you that is imagining things that maybe you're not even wanting, behaviors you're not even wanting to have, as you look at that and you allow the Holy Spirit to show you what is the God-given imagination, the enemy never can create anything. He constantly perverts and destroys and twists. So whatever you're doing, whatever you have, even in your addictions, whether it's for alcohol, whether you're stuck in pornography, whatever's going on, that imagination, that place in your heart is a God place. And you need to invite the Holy Spirit into that to bring revelation to what is the wild imagination that God originally intended for that to be. And use the enemy's perversion to show you the process how to come into healing and wholeness in that area. I'm really excited about this concept. And I believe it's true. And I believe that there is great freedom coming to the body of Christ as we look at those things that we fantasize about, those things that our imagination has been twisted and is, has been used against us that is actually of the Lord. And we need to recover them and restore them rightly. And fourthly, he will outdo them all. <laughs> whatever you request, whatever you dream, whatever you imagine, he's going to outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. And that's that's the part that we need to understand about abiding and remaining in Christ, about being with him even in in a worship moment, but not having it be a moment, but having it be a state of being, that we are constantly worshiping in communion with him, that we are fellowshipping with him, and that his miraculous power is constantly energizing you. I love that. When that prayer gets to this point, there's only one thing we can do, and that's to praise him, to praise him. Now we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises from every church in every generation through Jesus Christ and all that will yet be manifest through time and eternity. Wow. And that's my prayer for you.